Hello and welcome to another episode of Technology Expresso Cafe. We are delivering 2015 on location and this is one of our special series editions. This one is with Next Level Technology founder Felicia Jones and we are at the home of Felicia Jones today and we are sitting around sipping on something a little stronger than espresso but uh, <laughs> that's just to add to the, the fun and the ambiance. But first of all, welcome Felicia. Thank you and welcome to you to my home, which you're always welcome all the time, especially Technology Espresso. So uh, I appreciate you all coming out and uh, being able to grant, a, grant me the opportunity to talk about next level technology. Absolutely. You know, it is a, a pleasure and, you know, we're, we're changing things up and experiencing things in a new way in 2015. And it's, it's really nice, again, to do this face to face. We're doing this episode and I want to let our audience know Felicia is going to be with us on a series of episodes. You now know in our archives, you can now follow a particular series. So Felicia is going to talk to and give us a refresher on Next Level Technology Foundation, the organization that she founded over some three years ago. Time flies. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to talk to us and also give you a preview of what's to come in 2015. And you want to stay tuned and follow this series as we catch up with her throughout the year and as the um, program develops for 2015. Let me give you a little bit of background uh, about Felicia. She is uh, the Next Level Foundation. One of their premier events is a C-level minority executive forum. Um, it's to talk about the journey and success of various minorities at the C-level. You are able to um, talk to and interact. It's a very intimate affair, and we're going to get into that and deep dive and talk about some of the people we've had on the panel previously. We're going to hear the reaction of people who have attended as well as people on the panel. And why you want to, as soon as those dates are announced, you want to mark that on your calendar and you want to make sure that you get your tickets and your seats early. So that's why we are giving you this preview. Felicia Jones herself, she serves as the president of Next Level Technology Foundation, which is devoted to the development of tomorrow's leaders today, preparing the current crop of IT professionals for the next level in career advancement and beyond. Ms. Jones is the Chief Executive Officer overseeing all general management and orders of the corporation. She organized the very first of its kind Minority Executive IT Forum, which provides insight into how, organ how minority executives have broken through the glass ceiling to become leaders in various Fortune 500 companies. The event serves as a fundraiser to support the BDPA Atlanta Atlanta chapter in educating youth about technology. And several of you have heard us talk about, or maybe this is new to some of you, the HSCC program. It's the high school computer competition program sponsored by BDPA. And we'll delve into that a little bit more as well. And these are some of the young people that benefit being able to travel to the national conference and compete against other high school students. A great program developed by BDPA, which is an organization that's been around over 40 years. 
But let me continue about Ms. Jones. Ms. Jones has over 19 years of experience in the information technology field and professional experience, including the implementation and management of software solutions while working in several Fortune 500 companies. She serves on the National Board of BDPA as the South Regional Director and is the immediate past president of BDPA Atlanta Chapter. She is also a military veteran, thank you for your service, and is a BA in business, and has a BA in business. So first of all, this is a, a woman who's had a full career in and in her own right and someday she'll be sitting up on that panel and speaking to the audience but right now she's facilitating this great um, opportunity for a great dialogue with some successful people as she is in her own right so first of all Felicia which I, I cued you up we you're always talking and highlighting and spot, spotlighting other people but I'm gonna have you talk about yourself for a minute so share with our audience a little bit about the 19 years of information technology experience Wow uh, yeah it's, it's, it's always easy to talk about someone else and hype up what other people do and it's always harder to turn that spotlight on yourself even though I love the spotlight which you know I do but it's always to talk about others and their accomplishments uh, as you was reading through um, uh, those 19 years that I have in um, IT and the various roles that you know I have and I'm leading in these different organizations I start sitting there going wow I am doing a lot here but um, anyway with those with those 19 years I, I started out 19 years ago as a programmer as a developer uh, doing COBOL assembler yeah all the mainframe stuff that um, none of the Millenniums want to touch now but just to let you know if you're listening uh, Millenniums to this actual um, uh, program right now uh, definitely go out there and learn COBOL uh, because it's coming back around because all of the baby boomers now are starting to retire and they're not teaching COBOL anymore but the mainframe isn't going away so that's going to be the high demand uh, uh, career that's coming uh, back around again but um, I did start off uh, developing in COBOL and assembler and then from there um, I decided hey you know I want to go back in management so um, with my career um, I decided let's go back on the other side because I love mentoring and you know helping others and developing them in their career and guiding them throughout uh, software development so you know I went back into management so that's what I've been doing recently um, so you know a a as a manager and everything um, I see a big need uh, for people to stay abreast of the latest and the greatest that's going on and what's happening uh, so that they can make sure that they're advancing in their careers um, you know professionally but also personally right so um, with the organizations that I help to lead uh, these are what these these organizations do like BDPA itself um, it, it helps to foster uh, our youth, of course, the high school kids, like you talked about the uh, HSCC program uh, that's part of BDPA. And then also we help to mentor, grow, and develop um, professionals already. All the people who are already in uh, their career or you know, may want to switch over uh, their career, but uh, these organizations help the youth and also uh, those who are already in their career. Um, so 
when I learned about BDPA, um, to me it was such a easy fit to come over and help be a part of the organization because you know what I like to do and for me going over and going back into management it all just you know fell into place it became uh, um, you know just one bit melding and it, it, it helped to um, I should say mm, solidify you know what I was doing uh, in management and then also to help take those skills and move those over to this organization and then also you know grow some of my skills from the organization itself but anyway with all of that being said uh, that that falls in line with my whole IT career the whole 19 years from becoming uh, a developer and then going into management and then also leading you know and branching out to these organizations that I'm helping to uh, lead. Um, there's some other stuff sprinkled in there in between, but I've, I worked at several Fortune 500 companies. I first started out at uh, TSYS Total Systems, which is a credit card processing company. Um, went over to Aflac, which everyone is familiar with that, a supplemental um, insurance company. And then where I currently uh, reside with now is Macy's uh, in their technology uh, division. So I've um, always been with uh, Fortune 500 companies and I do understand, you know, what it takes to be in those uh, companies, those different roles and for us, uh, what it takes to um, be a professional and try to advance your career, uh, which is sometimes hard when it comes to a minority uh, individual. But, you know, organizations like BDPA and Next Level Technology help to shape and mold those people and prepare them and get them ready for it. So basically that that is my career in a nutshell as I stated just some little stuff in between for its different roles and different areas that I've managed but we can talk about some of that later. <laughs> Absolutely it, it's it's fun like I said uh, getting Felicia to, to really talk about her herself it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a switch um, but one of the things is because I, I think about our listeners and um, you know there's different people young people early stages and they're making some life decisions um, and those decisions will um, determine their path and one of the ones that you made in your life was to go into the military and we do a whole segment uh, as you know my co-host David Blackman is also a veteran we done a very successful series and we'll be doing um, two this year um, to talk about that experience but since we have you talk a little bit about your decision and what how you found that and and then even that transition uh, when you got into the IT industry from the military so um, <clears throat> that oh that was some years ago <laughs> and not to tell my age and everything <laughs> right so we said I've been in IT for you know 19 years so that lets you know that was pre that <laughs> right uh, but I went I went into the military right after high school so my plan during high school was to go straight into college um, at that time uh, my sister she had just finished four years of school and she was getting ready to go to um, um, MCG Medical College of Georgia and at that time she was you know sitting there you know um, writing out applications then you were basically handwriting applications versus doing them on the computer right so I'm kind of 
a you know dating myself here um, but she was filling out all these applications loan applications um, in reference to being able to pay for you know um, that specialized uh, school at MCG and um, I was sitting there going hmm well mama didn't say she couldn't pay for both of us going to college at the same time but she also didn't say she could. <laughs> and I looked over and we had our television on. And at the time, um, this commercial come on for the Army says, be all you can be. And you can get $30,000 for a GI Bill to pay for your school. And I said, wow, well, that's what I'm going to do. So, um, you know, the reason I went into the military was for a college education. Uh, to pay for my school and yes zero student loans so the military did do that but it also instilled in me a lot of discipline it helped to shape and mold me to the person I am today uh, for us being a committed person a person who says they're going to do something they they will do it um, so it you know I, I, I got a lot out of uh, serving my country uh, I'm very patriotic to this day uh, if the military would allow me to come back today and they really needed me, I would join in a heartbeat. And um, so, so you know, I, I, I joined for, you know, to pay for the college. But once I got in, it was a totally different story. I was there and committed to what I was doing for the military in my role and to be there to serve, you know, my country and make it better for everyone else here. Um, while I was in the military, I was an uh, uh, administrative specialist of 71 Lima for the veterans who are out there listening or the current military people uh, that are listening to the program. 71 Lima, uh, I was part of the Central Army Group, CENTAG. Uh, it was a NATO organization. Uh, within there, we did have, um, I should say, a little technology. We had old Wang machines that was the first word processing machine so you talk about the floppy disk I had these huge floppy disks you would put into the machine so that was my first taste of technology um, and then you know typing up the information seeing the screen and then printing it out on this huge printer where you saw the ribbon going across you know no laser printer at all um, and from there I was like wow I wonder what else we can do with this but you know nothing came of it because you didn't have too much you could play with for us the technology and everything but it put a little buzz in me then um, I did my four years I served four years in the military once I got out I was working for the Department of Defense um, and I had moved down to Georgia uh, for six months I was working at our personnel office uh, I was getting more into technology where I had to um, create cues and download information from the South uh, region, all the South, South Regional Personnel Offices, downloading all of the documents and forms, printing those out at the end, delete out the cues, um, and then the next day start over again creating and delete and deleting cues so that was another little bit i started getting into technology of course you know um uh using microsoft office um uh, software and stuff but um i i felt i needed more wanted to do more uh but there were still limitations as to what i was able to do within my job and my role and while i was in 
Columbus, came back to Georgia. I had moved to Columbus and I was working at Fort Benning. There was this program that came up. So it was called ICAP, Intellectual Capital Achievement Program. This is where the state of Georgia, along with Total Systems and uh, Hope, got together and said, hey, we're not able to uh, find mainframe for his COBOL programmers. We can't wait four years for these students to finish this. We need people to be able to program this now. And we need a condensed, accelerated program uh, to churn out uh, programmers and developers. So we did, uh, they came up with this whole program, six months program, and they started uh, looking for people um, to be part of it. I heard about it. They had a program assessment test you had to take. Uh, I passed it. There was a total of 900 and some applicants. They only chose 68 people to go through. And then there was, uh, I think, 50 some of us who graduated through the program. Um, so that is how I became an actual programmer. So I did six months accelerated <laughs> program to learn COBOL, Assembler, to learn CICS. Uh, along with DB2 and IMS, uh, six months, six months. And so that is how I first got into IT. And then as part of the program, I had to work at Total Systems for two years. So that was my first stint into IT and technology. Awesome. Awesome. That is a, a really interesting journey. And you know, that, that's always why we, we love talking to people and hearing their journeys. And we want young people to hear it, too. There's a lot of different ways. And I, I dare say I, I pick up off of that. Where there's a will, there's a way. So, you know, you looked at you, you saw that commercial and you like, look, if that's going to get my funding and my education. Hey, and it turned out to be much more, mm -hmm. even from your experience that that you're applying and helps you so set your values and kind of develop as an adult. That's one thing. The other thing that I like that a word that we've been using a lot is the exposure. You got exposure to the technical pieces a little bit at the, at a time. And when the timing was right, you took advantage of an opportunity like ICAP. Um, and that's what young people need to be on the lookout for in Technology Express. So we look, as a matter of fact, today we announced about a uh, contest that's going on by Regents Bank. Where there's these different opportunities, young people need to take advantage, apply. Um, there may be contests, you may win money, but it's just also the exposure to the opportunity. Exactly, and that's the same thing with BDPA with the HSCC program. Absolutely, and that, so let's dive into that great segue because um, first of all, BDPA, that, that's how we first got connected and, and it has become much more than just a networking organization. It's a mini family, as we often say. You were the president of the Atlanta chapter and then after, uh, out of that, let's talk a little bit. As the president of the BDPA chapter, that included overseeing, making sure HSCC, a big part of that. We always say it's all about the kids. So give people a little bit of background about your experience during your years as the BDPA Atlanta chapter president. Okay. And the, the, that in itself was a fun experience. But before I, I became the uh, Atlanta chapter president, I did serve on the local board. I was the VP of member uh, management. So I was responsible for, you know, growing our membership. 
um, and then um, uh, and not just growing the membership, but maintaining uh, the members. Uh, and if someone did not renew, go back after them and tell them why they need to come back and be part of the organization or as, as you were saying, part of the family again. Um, and then, of course, uh, got elected as the Atlanta chapter uh, president, uh, I want to say about four years, four or five years later. So um, as the Atlanta chapter president, you know, being responsible for uh, the chapter itself, the day to day operations, but then also the HSCC program. Now, there. I didn't actually have to run the actual program. I actually had a great coordinator at the time, uh, which was Wesley Williams. Uh, Wesley uh, was responsible for ensuring that the HSCC program was uh, kicked off, uh, had everything it needed from the program and curriculum itself to having the instructors and the location that we needed to teach these kids. But the HSCC program itself, the high school computer competition, is where um, we go and take uh, students uh, from ninth grade up to senior year, and we train them on Saturday mornings, three and a half, four hours um, for about six months. And they are learning how to create web-based applications um, using HTML, uh, also using um, database, being able to connect to the database, along with doing, doing wire diagrams to actually create the layout, the look and feel of the application. And then, of course, learn the different roles of a project team and going through the full life cycle of a project and uh, also knowing time limitations and restrictions when it comes to uh, the different tasks and getting a project completed, along with um, also um, uh, different tools to use. And then the big added bonus is the presentation itself, presentation skills. So um, with the Atlanta chapter and the HSCC program, our, our kids were going, they was competing, they was doing a great job. Uh, we was um, going to the um, competition. The teams were working very hard. We would get, you know, sixth place. Um, then the following year, we get uh, fifth place. And then that one year, Wesley Williams, he was able to successfully take our kids to that number one uh, for his winning the championship that year. The championship meaning the HSCC first place. And uh, that was a wonderful thing because that was the first time ever in the 26 years of the um, competition itself that Atlanta had taken first place. Now, the very first competition they had 26 years ago, it was between Atlanta and another chapter. It was only two teams and Atlanta took second place. So it was a big deal when they won first place. And then also we said... Um, uh, made a made a historical moment uh, for as being the first team to ever uh, get a hundred percent score on programming that had never happened before, and it still hasn't happened. Two years after we took first place, that still hasn't happened. So it was a big historical moment that uh, we did with that. But with this program, you know, us teaching these young students about technology at an early age, and we know we know kids are learning technology right now because they have to use it every day, uh, but. Uh, what we do is we take them behind the technology, whereas they're not sitting there playing that game or just 
turning the channel or, or logging into it or hitting the button on their computer to, you know, go to the next level of the uh, uh, game that they're playing, they're actually behind it, knowing how that game was created, being able to create it themselves. Or if they're going out there uh, shopping for an actual um, um, video to download or look at, or just shopping for some clothes themselves, they know how that web-based application was built because they can go and build it themselves. So those are the kind of things that we're teaching them. And it's at an early age so they can know, hey, this is something I can do. So I can continue with this and learn more about it uh, for us going to college for it. Or I'm um, gaining some experience. I may be able to go straight out of high school and get some entry-level program, uh, um, entry-level position at a company. Um, and start using these skills uh, in technology. So it gives them an early start on um, uh, deciding if this is the career fair they want to go into. But, um, you know, the HSCC program itself is, is beneficial in that way, educating the youth. And that was one of the things that the Atlanta chapter we will focus in on. And, um, and, and not just from the student perspective, when I was over the uh, organization, but also from the adult perspective. And that's um, um, the other thing that we looked at. And Jacqueline, you served as a member on the board. So you, you've been very close to BDPA, as you stated. That's how we met was through BDPA, the local, local chapter. And during my presidency, you served as the VP of Education and Professional Development, and you created several programs to focus in on our adults um, which included uh, our, um, and I'm getting ready to get boot the, camp. the boot camp, <laughs> the professional development boot camp, <laughs> along with uh, other college programs right. that we Learn had. by doing. Yes. And, yeah. So a lot of great programs we focused in on there. So, you know, during my presidency, we did a lot of great things. We focused on the youth. We also focused on the adults for as the ones who was either transitioning to mm -hmm. new roles uh, different areas uh, in IT uh, to also those who were already in their field but wanting to know what do we do next and and how do we get to that next level and so that's when we were saying hey we need to have another organization stamped off from uh, BDPS, uh, BDPA itself to be able to give our um, um, members and sponsors a way to be able to donate to our organization and get it truly as a tax-free mm -hmm. <laughs> even though bdpa atlanta chapter is a non-profit organization itself it's a 501 c6 but um the next level technology foundation is a 501 c3 uh, so you'll be able to get better tax write-off with the 501 c3 um, but during my uh, presidency um, um, I, you know, uh, got with uh, a, another organization that specializes in creating 501c3s, partnered with them, and created Next Level Technology Foundation. Um, and Next Level Technology Foundation itself is mostly focused in on 
um, the professionals that are out there trying to get to the next level. Uh, whether it's the next level within your company, for as I'm trying to be promoted to the next level, uh, for as the next level, uh, for as you as an executive in your company, or you want to be an executive in your company. So it's always focusing on the next thing. How do I get to the next level? What's the next, you know, great thing? And that's what next level um, uh, was formed for. But all of that happened during. Uh, my presidency. And there's one other thing I do want to hone in on. I, I do want to toot my horn. Is <laughs> <laughs> that um, uh, from the work that we did, the board, uh, and I say we because you, Jacqueline, were part of that board as the VP of Education Professional Development, along with Sharnesia Williams. The, uh, she was the VP of Marketing and uh, Public Relations, and Derek Brown at the time was the VP of Business uh, Management, the incoming Atlanta chapter president. Um, it was us who uh, did all the different programs, did all the work that we did, and from all of the fruits of our labor, all of the hard work, we won chapter of the year uh, from all of the chapters, from the you know national honor desk to the largest and the highest prestigious award that you can win from the national organization. And uh, we won that, and that was the first time ever that the Atlanta chapter had won uh, first place. And not just with getting, not, uh, not first place, but actually chapter of the year. And then we also won in two other categories uh, that year, and that was also for member management and also for community service. So it was three awards we won uh, last year. So we're kind of you know, have that rain going on and Atlanta chapter is going to try to win it again Absolutely. under Derek Brown's leadership. Uh, they'll try to win it again. But uh, that was a huge win for our team, our leadership team from the Atlanta chapter. So that, that, that was basically my stint as the Atlanta chapter president. And absolutely. And I, and I want people, you know, I, I just want to highlight, and I wasn't going to let this go without being said as far as uh, Atlanta being the chapter of the year, that congratulations. And all of that, you know, your, your leadership, you're only as good as the head and then all the, the other great supporting staff. We had a great time working together. We worked together very well. I don't think people always understand, especially um, with organizations like BDPA, it's an all-volunteer organization. So you are a president, which is probably just as demanding as your day job, and you still had to hold it down, um, managing and developing and everything you had to do on your day job. But you were running and had these different committees, and as the president, you've got to keep your eye on all of these different moving parts, so to speak. And like you said, whether it's the professional development, whether it's the relationship with sponsors, um, whether it's making sure that member management and renewal and, and that type of thing. And then also something that's also that's near and dear to all of us 
is making sure that the children have the resources that they need. Um, and for those who were listening, um, even though she, she said it, I want to reemphasize it. Understand, these kids are giving up three to four hours on their Saturday to sit there to learn coding, to prepare for a competition where they win scholarships, they win laptops. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's very exciting to see them at that banquet. They work hard to get there, yeah. and, um, and there's a, a big support system to make sure that they get there. They've got to travel to the location. They have regional competitions, um, making sure that they, they um, are comfortable in their stay and accommodations throughout the competition and um, I'm looked after by the you know chaperone. So it's, it's um, something that BDPA, again, we're celebrating 40 years. Now, a lot of people might be able to relate because you hear a lot about hackathons right now. And I like to, to, to point out, bear in mind, they have their purpose and I think they're a great kind of exposure, especially if a kid does not have exposure but once you find out that your child or your niece or nephew or grandchild has that what it takes to be that techn te technology superstar or has the bug, then you got to keep feeding it. Just as if you see uh, a young person who's talented in sports, we've got to feed these young people who are intellectually talented or technically talented or curious. And this is where BDPA, they fully develop the students. Because one of the things that you, you talked about is um, what I really like. They learn over a series of time. Not just a, a quick weekend flash, um, you know, um, hackathon here. Um, but this is you learn to work with a team. And you guys can go to our archives because we interviewed the teams at the National and had people in tears as these young people were talking about. And I think the young people even surprised themselves that, you know, I had them um, compliment their teammates. What was each person? And um, I think at that moment they really realized how close they were and, um, and how much they um, had bonded. And that's, that's a, a wonderful thing to help them, even in their future, kind of apply it to wherever they go in their career. They may not be programmers, but they'll be able to talk the talk, they'll be able to relate, they'll be able to work on the team. All of that's beautiful, and, and all of that, that comes out. And, and uh, I, I don't know if you have anything to add to it, but that's something that, that comes to mind that to help people relate. The difference between, there's hackathons, mm -hmm. but understand how robust. Uh, you know, we have the sites program in HSCC. So I don't, I don't know if you have anything you want to comment on that or... I, I do, because you're absolutely correct. Hackathons is just right then, right there. Let's just get in there and do this. What we teach uh, for is HSCC, we're teaching the structure. We're teaching the base of what it takes to, you know, uh, build a program, to be a programmer. So it's not just, I'm coming in real quick, just learning how to do this one particular thing. We are teaching the foundation, something they can build from. Uh, structure code, uh, you know, from beginning to end. Um, and then, and then of course, we keep saying programmers and stuff. Um, I, I also want to um, uh, really expand upon the fact that it's not just programmers that we're teaching is the different roles that are, are, are part of a project, a technical project. So even if your kid is not able to be a programmer or a developer, they may be able to be a project manager because that's one of the roles that the students have to fill 
on the team. So they still have to understand uh, the technology and understand the technical pieces so that they can lead the project. And any of those technical PMs that are out there listening, you do understand that. You have to understand that product, what's going on, what's happening, so that you can hold the developer, you can hold the business analyst or whoever accountable for you know what's going on and what um, um, what stage you may be in in the whole uh, project life cycle. Um, and then also uh, you have to look at from a database, a DBA. So that role is needed as well and taught because you got to connect to a database in order to get the data information you need to make the program work and populate the information. And then of course uh, uh, the, the UI and UX person, the user interface person who's designing how it looks and how it feels and how the user is going to uh, utilize uh, that application itself. So it, it's the various roles that are there and then even from a QA standpoint because they have to test what they built. So it's all those different roles. Your student, your, your child may not want to be that developer um, who's actually coding it, but they could be the PM that's actually managing the project. They could be the UI UX person who's actually designing the look and the feel of it. They could be the business analyst who has to gather the requirements and making sure that everything is captured as to how and what they 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 want it to function. And then uh, of course being able to test the application itself. Uh, but that is what HSCC does. It, it, it takes all that, it teaches them to structure code, it teaches them the full uh, life cycle of a project. Hackathon people, that, that doesn't happen there. That doesn't happen. We take them through the whole full project life cycle, all the roles so they can understand. And then on top of that, we teach them presentation skills. So they know how to present in front of someone. So these young people, they can actually start their own business themselves as an entrepreneur, because they can you know, create their own product, and then of course be able to go out there and sell it and present it to others. Exactly. So that's why I want to add on and, and that. And that. that's not a stretch. We have some very um, impressive young people, and um, I've been handed business cards by them, and I've had them talk about their websites and their business and their vision, and so it, it just exposes them back to mm -hmm. that word to so many possibilities for their career, mm -hmm. um, and 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 that should be music to the ears of parents. Because instead of them going to college and then spending the first two years on mom and dad's dime or, or you know, um, using that time trying to figure out what is it, where do I want, exposure, trying out different roles and, and finding out what resonates with you. It just, it gives them just a stronger starting point, uh, a leg up from their peers. Mm -hmm. and, and I want to wrap this all back together for our audience because we're talking with uh, Felicia Jones and as, as I said, she's the founder of Next Level Technology Foundation and how that, uh, what's so important about that is we talk about your role as the president and the president of the, the chapter such as the Atlanta chapter which is currently Derek Brown who took, uh, took over um, after your term was up but um, they, they, you have a lot of different balls in the air and you had this special, this, this, um, this, this special group that we're nurturing with the HSCC and they need resources. So having an organization like Next Level Technology Foundation that makes sure and is doing those 
uh, programs and pulling in those sponsors and giving them something as well that they can benefit from um, so that to get those dollars to support those students. That takes a little bit off of the president of the chapter so they can keep doing what they're doing. And we know that Derek Brown, he's got a lot planned for Atlanta BDPA chapter. Um, and, and this is just also to kind of augment and support this very special program. So talk about the evolution and the introduction of Next Level Technology Foundation. Okay. Uh, you know, everything you said is, is so true. Um, um, one of the things that Next Level Technology Foundation uh, does is to uh, help to raise funds for the HSCC students to be able to uh, put this program on and then not just to put the program on but to ensure that team is able to go to the competition and apply what they've learned and be able to you know compete for those scholarships and prizes as you indicated earlier so you know next next level technology we wanted to take that off of the Atlanta chapters plate we say hey this is something we can do how can we do this how can we help benefit the students but also you know uh, give an opportunity to our sponsors and even to our regular uh, adults and professionals that are out there so uh, we decided to come up with a signature event and it is a signature event uh, for the Atlanta chapter and for next level itself um, so we said you know what is going on in the community what is happening in technology now uh, that people are interested and want to know about and because uh, BDPA uh, itself is a minority organization um, we were like okay we need to focus in on the minorities that are out there and then what do we want them to know what do we want them to educate on how what, what do we want to do to help people um, to be able to go to the next level in their careers and, and what should they be doing so I, I, I have been going to a, a, a lot of different um, conferences, uh, other little forums and everything that other organizations were having. And every time I went and they would have panel discussions and I would look up there and I would see the panelists and I noticed uh, they had all these great, you know, leaders that were sitting up there. Um, but I noticed the panels, they weren't that diverse. Um, they had you know maybe one diverse person that was on the panel but the majority of the panel were white male um, and then you may have had one uh, black male or you may have had one female or you know one you know male Hispanic or something so they weren't diverse at all uh, I, I kind of did the Earl Pace Jr. thing that he did 40 years ago sitting around in a boardroom and not know and notice not too many people look like him for as an african-american that sat in the boardroom so that's why he formed bdpa so um seeing seeing all of these these uh panelists um at these different events and noticing none of them were filled with just you know minorities i said hey then that's what we need to do because for one, we know there's a lack of minorities out there in uh, corporate America uh, and especially in IT, all of corporate America, period, no matter what the industry is, but especially in the uh, IT industry. Um, and we want to be able to, you know, help people 
um, to understand how they can get to that next level because they can um, and, and kind of hone in on that and show people that, yes, there are some of us in those positions, but telling them how do we get there. So looking at that, thinking about that, that is how the signature event came into place. I said, oh, well, you know what? Let's have our very own forum. Let's go ahead and have, you know, African American panel. And so we can show the African American community that yes, we are sitting at, you know, these different C-level positions and tell the people, educate them and mentor them on, this is what I went through to get here. And I'm gonna tell you what I went through. So you don't have to do the same thing, you know, learn from my lesson, but also give you some pointers on what you should be doing to get to that next level. So, you know, we formed the very first um, uh, Black IT Forum. So that's what it was called, Black IT Executive Forum. So the very first year we created that, that was in 2012. Um, and then from there, we said, you know, we, we do understand, you know, African-Americans, we do want to focus in on that, but it's not just African-Americans, it's minorities. It's all of us. We, we're one big minority melting pot, which is inclusive of African-Americans, Hispanics, females. So we want to hone in on that. And so the next year we changed it to the Minority IT Executive Forum so that we could make sure we focus on all of uh, minorities that were not breaking through that glass ceiling. Uh, so that's when we changed the name in 2013. And then of course from there and last year we kept it the same as the Minority IT Forum. But that forum itself, it is to you know educate and mentor uh, not just the adult professionals that are out there trying to get to the next level, but college students who are trying to uh, determine for their careers what way they want to go and what and how they should lead up that way. And then even down to the college, the high school students for is understanding and seeing what is going on and happening in, in corporate America, staying abreast of that, but educating them at a young age. Hey, this is what I did back then, make sure you don't do that. Don't follow those same steps. So here's what not to do. And here's what to do. Go ahead and go to college, you know, uh, uh, make sure you um, focus in on this particular area or this particular career or while you're in college, make sure you don't do this. You know, make sure you're making right connections, make sure you're networking with the right people because those college people are going to be the ones you need for, you know, later in your career. They will be the future of, of um, uh, the different corporations. So this, 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 this forum itself is a learning experience for everyone from the high school students all the way to the career professionals that are out there who's been in their career for a while. Um, so, so the, you know, IT forum was formed for us that, but also to give our sponsors an opportunity to come out and be able to say, Hey, from a community standpoint, we're, um, with this organization to promote and put on a great program that is going to benefit the community itself. And then also to help grow some of the people we're looking at, uh, to field and bring into our companies. Um, and then also a way for them 
to make connections with other companies and get their name out there and visibility for their company and their services as to what they provide. Um, because a lot of these are C-level executives and um, the sponsors themselves to be able to say, hey, I'm behind this program, I believe in this program. And companies look at that. They recognize these C-level people say, hey, you know, if you're connected with this program, I'm sitting here being a keynote speaker, I'm being a panelist. This lets you know I believe in this program and just seeing you as a company, then, you know, let's talk some more. Let's see what else you're doing. You know, we have this common thing going on. Let's see where we can go from there. So it's a, it's a big opportunity for um, our sponsors to connect them, get them a chance to uh, network with uh, other um, companies that these different leaders are part of. And then also a way for them to give back to the community themselves for doing a good thing, for helping out the high school students and everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's a wonderful, just first class um, event. I can remember the, the, the first one and, and, and everyone's reaction. One of the things you have these esteemed people with the, these um, big titles up on the stage, but at the same time, it was intimate. They were attainable. They sat at the tables. You walked among them. Afterwards, if you walked up and spoke to them. So there wasn't any air. And, and even um, the advice they gave, you could tell. They just really um, were willing to answer and um, be an open book to be transparent in their journey. And so I think it's also helpful for people, especially if you're ever in a point where you're struggling or things aren't going as you think it should um, they had their stumbles and, and bumbles along the way. And um, a lot of times, you know, we laughed and, and, and they, they, they made the audience laugh because they were being very honest, very frank. Um, and that's different than I've, I've seen at other panels. Uh, honest, quite frankly, because it, it, it seems like it stays at kind of the theory level, stays very, um, you know, just pristine. But these people were telling you about themselves, even some very humble beginnings, and, and that's what makes this refreshing. Um, it was, I, I feel like if I had to say a thing, it was almost like, if I can do it, so can you. Not more of, I did it, you know, look at me, hell me, you know, I'm, I'm you know, something special. I think it made the audience feel like, you can do it. And, and that's, that's what I think that they felt. So let's dive in, and, and I want to let our audience know, those who are maybe just joining in, we're talking with Felicia Jones creator of Next Level Technology Foundation, um, which is partnered and also supports the Atlanta BDPA chapter in the HSCC program. But go ahead, tell us about that, that first and some of your panelists. Okay, so the, the very first year, as I stated, was 20, 2012 is when we started the very first uh, forum, IT forum that we had out there. And that year uh, we had, it, it, it was all African-American panel. Because as I stated earlier, uh, we called it the um, Black Information um, Technology Executive Forum. Uh, that year, we had our national president at that time was Monique Berry. So she sat on the panel along with Mike Fisher. He was a senior VP at uh, uh, Ceridian. Uh, Derek Johnson, he was a CIO for SED International, along with Curtis Rollins. Uh, the interim CIO for DeKalb County. We had Darius Riles. He was the group VP for uh, Wyndham Worldwide, so that's Wyndham Hotels. 
And then we had Lee Scott, who's a VP of Macy Systems and Technology. So those were the panelists. And then we had a great moderator, um, Mike Williams. He was the senior VP for FIS. So uh, we had a very... Um, um, even even though it wasn't di diverse when it came to uh, the actual ethnic group itself, but very diverse when it came to the different uh, areas within IT that the different leaders were in and the different companies for as the, the industry that they was actually in. So you had someone who was in um, the hotel industry, someone in the finance industry, and then of course the the national president of BDPA, who's over this whole uh, nonprofit, you know, community service type organization, right? So just all different uh, uh, backgrounds, and then of course Macy Systems Technology for its retail, um, with the common thread of IT common thread of IT and of course trying to break through that glass ceiling getting where you know uh, they were in the positions that uh, they were currently ho holding at that time but it was a great evening um, uh, the first of its kind the very first time uh, of course with the event we had a sit-down dinner so the tickets included a full meal and it was a three-course meal from the salad to the main meal to dessert um, and um, we had the kids to actually get up and present as they would do at the competition showing and showcasing an application they had created how they went about creating it presenting it to the crowd and then of course we had the panelists to come up and we actually asked them a lot of tough questions so normally with panelists, you know, uh, you do feed them the questions beforehand, but you also throw in some that are, are difficult. But the, the questions we asked our panelists, they weren't easy ones. Like, oh, how did you get there? Oh, you know, what should I study? Oh, what, what, are, what are the main uh, degrees that you have for this? It wasn't simple, easy questions like that. No, we wanted to get down to the nitty gritty, ask them some hard questions, um, and we did, and they was able to answer those. Um, you know, some, some were simple like, you know, do you have a mentor? Uh, how many do you have? When did you know you needed a mentor? So those were, you know, simple questions, but some of the harder ones um, we asked them were, you know, would you put your career on the line for the sake of diversity? Meaning, hey, if you notice in your company, your company isn't being diverse in hiring practices, uh, would you stand up and say something? Would you go against the norm uh, to make sure that they were looking at other diverse um, uh, candidates in the pool? Um, we also um, asked them other questions um, as to, um, in, in reference to looking more like the, um, the regular Anglo-Saxon uh, way of dressing or that look for its appearance. Uh, which a lot of African Americans have to go through that if they're being too ethnic with their hair or their dress, you know, how would you address that and what are your thoughts on that? Um, so it's just different questions like that, but um, a, 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 a lot of those were being very candid. They indicated for them going through that themselves, 
that they had to learn to be more professional, not for as going away from their culture, but just being in the industry as a professional, there's a certain way you should look and carry yourself. Not saying, hey, uh, you should have the straight hair uh, and just dress in a business suit, but you should be professional looking for as clean, clean cut, uh, making sure you're staying well groomed, uh, and that you still can be yourself, but just, just being aware of your surroundings. So uh, that was the first year, and those were uh, the different uh, people we had that year. It was very candid, and, and uh, everyone was very excited and, and learned so much from that uh, uh, first event that I had sponsors coming back saying, yes, we're going to be there next year. And they were. So we've has we have some sponsors who's been there uh from the very first um IT forum and that one person that one company that's being consistent with us is Pyramid. It's Pyramid Consulting. They were there from the very first one in twenty twelve, they was there for twenty thirteen and they was there for twenty fourteen. And they'll be here for, you know, twenty fifteen. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. So yeah, so that was the first year. Absolutely. And and like you said, and that's something for people to understand is um, having a whole panel of people that come from the black community. And because not everybody's story is the same, not everybody's point of view. So sometimes even when you have a panel and there might be one here, one there, um, they're giving their point of view. But here we had kind of a, a cross uh um, across the board, they work in different areas, their life experience is different. So that's what makes it unique and that you can hear different people, we, we, they all may be minorities, um, but they may have experience, whether it's um, maybe even racism or the glass ceiling, and have different perspectives. And we got to hear a range of answers from people that look like us. That's what makes a minority form different. Because some people may say, well, why does it have to, you know? Um, so just understanding that is one thing. And then the other thing you pointed out is even the questions are a little bit different. Some of those questions may not resonate in any shape or form to those who haven't had that experience at all. And then also, maybe they wouldn't feel as comfortable being as candid. Some of those, I think the answers might surprise you. Mm -hmm. um, I remember the, the question about appearance and stuff. And, you know, you might think that someone just says, oh, yeah, be yourself. Just, you know, they got to accept you as you are. Well, no, there's different perspectives, too. And there's a give and take. And um, so I think that, that, is, that that's the other piece about having different, uh, a whole panel of minorities. And, and so your thoughts. And, and uh, one other thing I wanted to share was um, uh, one of the panelists uh, has stated, um, you know, as they had entered their career in IT, uh, they were a developer at first <laughs> and basically they weren't that great of a developer and coder and they said one of the best things that happened to them was that their manager told them you know what you are not cut out for this you are not you need to do something else let's put you in a different role because you as a developer is not cutting it and he said at the time he was very arrogant you know he was like I do everything well you know, but he took the time out and he listened. He listened and he took his manager's advice. They moved him over to a different role, was project manager. And he thrived 
in that role. And from there, he got into processes and procedures, you know, coming up with uh, 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 the best ways to do things. And he became an expert in that area and was able to build upon that. And then, of course, being over software development. Um, but um, he says one of his things was, was that early in his career, not having too much of the big head as some of us do and listening to others when they're telling us, no, you do not have this particular skill. You do not have it mm -hmm. for this area. You would be better suited in this other role. And he listened and he was able to thrive. Now, if he hadn't listened, he would have failed at the role that he was in and it would have been a bad thing. He probably would have lost his job and he wouldn't have been in the position that he was in. But he listened and he said that was one of the key things that he did do. So important, so important. That's why everyone from here forward, listening to our voices, listening to the today's show, you need to make sure you find out when the next form by Next Level Technology uh, Foundation is going to be held and make sure you get your ticket, um, make sure you've got that date saved and you are there front and center. And I dare say, uh, again, if you're listening, we'll be providing more information. Felicia will be joining us on a regular series of shows. She's going to bring us updates um, as the developments for the 2015 form um, take place. But always, in the meantime, stay connected with AtlantaBDPA.org. AtlantaBDPA.org and go to their ongoing events. They have networking events um, as well as different educational programs for adults. If you have young people, you can go to that website to see how to get them enrolled in HSCC. And as soon as we have the dates and locations and tickets go on sale, I can promise you AtlantaBDPA.org website will be the first place you can get them. And I dare say, of course, if you're a paid member, so go ahead and get that membership updated um, at Atlanta BDPA so that you can get the member price for the form tickets. But let's continue to go through and walk through. Let's talk about the next year, which would have taken us to 2013. Yeah, so 2013, our second year, as I stated earlier, uh, we decided to just not focus in on African Americans, but the minority community itself, which is inclusive of, you know, um, females, no matter what your uh, uh, nationality is. Um, and then, of course, you know, um, the other minority groups, uh, Hispanics. Um, and uh, of course, you know, any other, you know, nationality out there. <clears throat> so we changed the name to the um, Annual Minority Information Technology uh, Executive Forum. And so that year, um, our panelists included uh, Crandall Jones of Turner uh, Broadcasting System. We had Greg Morrison, who's the CIO of Cox Enterprise, along with Michael Noel, uh, the CIO for Mannheim. We had Terry Wharton. Uh, she was the CEO of 4XR Corporation. And then we had uh, Mike Williams, who was our moderator uh, previously. Uh, he uh, actually sat on the panel and he's senior VP for FIS. So that was our panel for that year. Uh, and then we had Derek Brown, 
uh, who's the current uh, Atlanta chapter president, he was the moderator. And he did an awesome job with that. Now, the one thing we added that year and was a little different to our program, we added a keynote speaker. And our keynote speaker at the time was David Stewart. And he's the chairman of the board, uh, founder and um, uh, president of Worldwide Technology, which is the largest uh, black owned uh, IT organization in the United States. Um, so he was our keynote speaker. Uh, he and himself uh, could have just carried the whole um, uh, event that evening uh, because of where he came from and how he started um, with his whole story uh, versus just being the keynote speaker. But we, we had so much to offer uh, all of the attendees. Not only were you being educated by these panelists getting that different perspective, different view, that mentoring, personal coaching from them. But then you had this great uh, entrepreneur uh, whose company, you know, grows 4.6 billion um, the previous year. Um, you, you had this, this, this great guy, Dave Stewart, that was there and talked about his humble beginnings uh, as an entrepreneur and gave some great insight. And he also, uh, provided free copies of his book. So that was an added bonus there uh, of you attending. Um, and, you know, for an inexpensive price at the time was $75 a seat and you got a meal, you got mentoring from these C-level executives. And plus, you know, this great entrepreneur of this billion dollar company and also a book for free, right? So uh, that was that was our, our second year um, and that was at the same location at the Crown Plaza Ravinia, who's been a great partner uh, with us uh, for us having the event. Um, that year we raised uh, $20,000 for the HSCC program, which was a great um, um, uh, amount. Uh, it was needed to actually send the kids to the actual uh, competition because the Atlanta chapter HSCC bank account, mm, I think it barely had $100 in it because the majority of the money went to feed the kids on the Saturday programs. And that's the other thing, as part of the HSCC program, these kids are learning for free. Um, and part of the program, they provide lunch to them. So um, a lot of the monies that they did have went towards that. So they really did not have any way to get to the national conference that was being held in uh, Washington, D.C. that year. So it was a great fundraiser. Our um, sponsor came back out, um, Pyramid, along with uh, other sponsors. We had Matrix that was in attendance that year. We um, also had uh, CCCI. Uh, they um, participated in that in the end. Uh, we also had um, one other sponsor was um, Macy's Systems and Technology. <laughs> Can't forget Macy's. <laughs> yes, yes, they're near and dear to my heart. Shout out to Macy's. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, you know, one of the things, one of the ways you can sponsor is by having a table. And that's always nice when a sponsor buys a table. And even if they buy the table to donate the seats 
to the to people in the community. Um, that that's, that's also a way to to be supportive. So to those listening, want to help support, want to make sure our young people get to the national conference, and we can continue to expand um, and and um, help young people in exploring, finding careers, and getting them set on their career paths. Um, Again, like I said, go to AtlantaBDPA.org. Um, you'll find information there and um, be able to connect with Next Level Technology. And that'll be the first place you'll see the announcement as the, uh, Felicia shores up the 2015 program. But let's talk about 2014. So 2014, oh, that just happened, right? Uh, we just started the new year. Um, so last year with uh, the, the forum, uh, normally we have it in July, and we'll be back to July this year. But last year we ended up happening, having it in September due to other events that was going on, other things that was happening. Um, so the, the, the past, the first two years we focused on breaking the glass ceiling. How do I break it? How do, how do I get through it? So we said, okay, we've done that. So now that I've broken through the glass ceiling, you know, what do I need to do, you know, to, to stay there and go beyond? So the, the, the last year's theme was going beyond the glass ceiling. So it was, I've broken through, I'm here, now what? Right? And so and, and that's that that is what happens to a lot of the executives I've broken through and then some of them forget. They forget I forgot where I came from or you know, I'm here now. How do I continue to move forward? How do I maintain this and not fall, you know, to the wayside? Because you have some leaders who get in those positions, they're there for a year or two and then they're no longer there. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I dare say even, um, uh, you mentioned, Earl Pace, he mentioned about breaking through the glass ceiling. You're at the table, but then are you thinking about, okay, and, and he even said he had to sometimes question, maybe I'm just the token, maybe, and, and you know, people don't like to talk about that taboo terminology, but maybe I'm just the token, so once I've broken through, who else can I bring along with them? And I think that that's one of the legacies of, you know, um, BDPA. So that, that, that's such an important part of it. Yes, some of us are, and, and, and these people that have been on the, the panel, they've made it through. So that, that, that's a great way of thinking of it. What next? Mm -hmm. So now that you've broken through, what have you done with that? Exactly. And, and, and like you say, who do I bring with me? You know, how, how do I make sure this glass ceiling doesn't close up behind me and I'm the last person that is left up there? Are they just meeting that quota? Exactly. Right? So because we, we are very talented. We have those skills. We have the intellect to be able to be up there in those positions. Uh, so uh, one of the things they talked about, because they had some longevity in their, you know, positions as executives that was sharing what all they had to do who they brought along from their groups and their teams uh, to be up there with them in those boardrooms. So all that information was shared. Um, and, 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 and it's important to talk about going beyond the glass ceiling. As I stated um, earlier, some, some of the people get to that glass ceiling and then they fall back through it. They've only been there for a year or two and they fall back through it. So. Um, that has happened with the uh, McDonald's Corporation, the CEO. He's been in his position now, I think, for two and a half years. 
So he's no longer the CEO of McDonald's Corporation. So I'm not going to say his name, but we all know the corporation. You can go and Google that. Um, but he was African-American. He broke that glass ceiling all the way to the top, but now he's going back through it. Um, you know, sometimes things like that happen, but if you're going to go back through that glass ceiling, you know, still try to keep it within that level or, you know, how, how do you maintain it or how do you make sure you don't fall too far down that glass ceiling where you got to climb back up and try to break through it again. But it had a lot of great insight. Um, our panelists included uh, Norman Fleming from Millicores. Uh, he has longevity there uh, with that company. Uh, and then talk about McDonald's Corporation. We had uh, Jesse Matthews uh, III. He was sitting on our panel. We had Kenneth Rees, who's a senior VP with Charter Global uh, Incorporated. And Keith also sits on the current Atlanta chapter board um, as their VP of uh, strategy and planning. And then we had Mary Ring from Macy Systems and Technology. She uh, provided a lot of uh, insight herself. And we had Lauren King, uh, who was with Pyramid Consultant. As I stated, they're a long-term uh, sponsor and who has supported us since the inception of the IT Forum. So the, the panel that year was uh, great and diverse, and we had... Um, uh, Derek Brown, again, being the moderator, he did a great job. Uh, they added a lot of humor to the lessons that they was teaching uh, last year, but it was a lot of great insight. And then we, as I stated, you know, we, we keep evolving with this program. So last year we added on a keynote, the year before last, we added on a keynote speaker. So we did the same thing this year, uh, I mean, in 2014 last year, we had the keynote speaker um, was the co-founder of BDPA, Earl Pace Jr. He, um, you know, got up and spoke about entrepreneurship and how he founded the organization, giving some key points there. Uh, a lot of different metrics and stats about the organization, how many students that we've taught through HSCC, which has been thousands and thousands and thousands of students. Um, so. We also evolved the program again and actually had a speaker. So we had a keynote speaker, but we also added a speaker to give a quick lesson uh, on the whole professional development uh, piece. And that was Mike Williams. And so you'll keep hearing this name because Mike Williams has been a longtime supporter of BDPA and not just BDPA uh, nationally, but the Atlanta chapter. Uh, along with even Next Level Technology Foundation. And he is also my mentor. Um, so he, he believes in BDPA. He believes in the programs and the things that we're doing. And he shows it by being there and supporting us all the time. So he was a speaker that year. He gave a, well, supposed to have been a 10-minute speech. <laughs> it ended up being about 20 or 25 minutes because it was so engaging he himself is very engaging and the audience themselves were very engaged in, in what he was uh, stating. And he was doing a um, chapter out of his book um, that was uh, released a few months ago. I believe Technology Espresso hosted a release party of his uh, book. Yes, The uh, Advantage, the Advantage Factor, Factor. Yes, that you can find on Amazon.com. 
that's the plug for you, Mr. Mike Williams. Um, but he did one of the chapters out of that. It was, you don't need a title to be a leader. And he went over that and uh, gave some very candid points, a lot of good information um, uh, on that topic. So we, 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 we expanded you know, the lessons and the learning that night. So again, for just $75 for a seat, you got a meal, you still got a meal, three course meal. You got to, you know, see the high school students to put on their presentation. You got to learn how you don't need a title to be a leader. And you got to hear, you know, great lessons in mentoring from these different panelists. And you got to hear some great information from the co-founder of BDPA, Earl Pace Jr. All in one night and an opportunity to network and make connections with these great leaders. Uh, so that, that was last year's program. And uh, as I sit here and state that, uh, as to every year, we keep expanding it and taking it to the, the next, next level. level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting up here going, oh my goodness, how am going to top last year's? Exactly. So, you know, I'm kind of putting pressure on myself here, but that's one of the things you got to do. You got to always continue to evolve yourself. You got to always continue to stay, you know, abreast in the know and to stand out from the rest. And you got to always be ready to take stuff too. The next, the next level, level right? absolutely and you know what i'm gonna put the challenge even out to our audience that again i mentioned we're gonna have felicia jones back on a regular series she's gonna provide us updates and and trust me there's some other areas that we can talk about um but i'm just looking at our time but i want our audience to to also send us some questions send us some comments on tonight's series and tell us what what questions do you have about taking things to the next level um, and, and whether it's from a career perspective and or what we're seeing a lot of people wanting to go to that entrepreneur track but um, that too requires leadership it requires some of the same skills and discipline that these people have had to hone as they've gone through uh, corporate America thinking strategically, not just tactically, all of those types of things. So what kind of questions would you like to see um, us ask the, the panel this year? What would you like to see? How would you like to see the 2015? We, we'd love to hear your ideas. Um, and most importantly, we want to make sure that you're in the audience this year. So I'm going to keep reminding you, and I'll I dare say, when July 4th comes around, you need to make sure you have your ticket in hand. It's going to be July of this year so I dare say the tickets are going to go on in advance but make sure you get yours in advance I also want to put a call out to teachers and counselors and coach and other stem programs get a table bring your students let's interact let's co-mingle let's share ideas um, let's just share success stories all of this is so important. This is definitely the year of collaboration and supporting each other. Um, and this is just a flagship event for young people to see where they can go. Where are they spending their Saturdays, whether, you know, at their HSCC programs, um, exploring their career at a young age, looking to see what the potential is. And, and there's some great success stories. We're going to have some sound bites. That's what I'll queue up for our next show. You can share some of the sound bites and feedback. We've had attendees uh, just from being there. Uh, Mike Williams, who, who you mentioned, um, 
mentioned that he was looking for some strong project managers. Just from that call, that connection, our very own David Blackman has a testimonial. We'll have him talk about that on the next show. That's so important. Entrepreneur is something you didn't even get to dive into. I'll put that seat out there. Entrepreneurs getting to have a prime seat right next to a panelist during dinner and having the pre-reception, a one-on-one, -on -one, people being able to pitch their ideas and their books and their, their um, companies to these high-level decision makers. Mm -hmm. So there's this is some powerful networking going on. Um, so I, I just can't say enough. Um, and, and obviously, we've, we said uh, more than our hours worth, but time has flown. But you know what? Again, I have to thank Felicia Jones, allowing me to come to her home to interview her, um, to, to um, pick her brain and put her on the spot and have her gloat a little bit about her own successes. But so lucky, um, Atlanta, to have you and all of the, your, your energy and all that you've given back. Um, um, over the years through BDPA, through your regional um, uh, role, and then also as the founder and the CEO of Next Level Technology Foundation. We look forward to talking to you again very soon. So again, thank you, Felicia. Thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you for um, uh, having me. And then, of course, the partnership with Technology Espresso. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, and we will be talking to our audience again. Stay tuned. Check out that archive. We've got a lot of the names that she mentioned have been on our show just recently. Ken Reeves, uh, you'll see in the archives Derek Brown, as well as Mike Williams. So um, continue to listen, learn, leverage, launch. Thank you, everybody.